Hello, this is Ryan. Hi, this is Tim. We don't have ads. Well, now we do. This is an ad. We <laughs> ask for you to please tell a friend if you're enjoying our show. And of course, leaving a review on iTunes helps out tremendously. It'd be awesome if you guys could do that. Either way, though, we thank you for being here. On, on with the, the show. show. Before, after. <laughs> they turned out to be completely unreliable assholes. <laughs> Hello and good day to you, Tim. Good day to you. I I prefer to say good day when I'm leaving somebody. Good day, sir. <laughs> good day to you. So, uh, just a hello, a good, hmm, <laughs> hmm. I was trying to make it non-time of day specific. That, that, the, those are the uh, actual greetings. Good morning, good, good evening. Good greeting to you, sir. <laughs> a fine greeting to you, Tim. A fine, <laughs> joyous greeting to you listening. Hello, thank you for being here. Where is here? Here is Dismembering Horror, the podcast show where myself, Ryan McDuffie, and myself, Tim Aslan. Every week, every Thursday, in fact, straight from us to you, we dismember a horror film. What does it mean to dismember a horror film? We talk about what worked, what did not work, and anything else we, Tim and I, found interesting or noteworthy about a horror film. We're trying to revisit those that it's been long since we've seen. Mostly, we're trying to see those we haven't seen. We feel Tor is a tackleable genre, as many as there are. Um, and we, uh, yeah, we're on the search for the sight unseen on top on of just things we haven't... On the search. <laughs> on top of what we haven't literally seen. And we love to take submissions from you listeners, which is the case for this week's film, The Banana Splits Movie from 2019, <laughs> submitted by... Our dear friend Zach Brown. Hello, Zach. Doubling up on the Zach Brown action. <laughs> yep, he's mirrors in the banana splits movie. He just he just has to hear <laughs> us dismember. <laughs> huh. I feel a little bit like Zach is taking the piss out of us. Just a little bit. You know what I think it is? Is that there's he he he's counting on other horror fans, I think, to to mine to to wade past the crap that's on the outer surface and see was there something in here was mm-hmm. i crazy for enjoying an aspect of this mhm and well i can't speak uh, yes I, the answer is yes <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean i can't speak for him but uh that's that's my best guess you can let <laughs> us know zach you son and of yeah, a bitch <laughs> we made it <laughs> really though like zach if you submit another one like what's it gonna be i mean if you submit another one zach you're fucking dead to me <laughs> how's well, that hey, sound t- tim i mean no no not just another oh. we shouldn't we shouldn't discourage people from submitting a film <laughs> at all oh right you mean a film agreed another film you didn't enjoy which is what i <laughs> hey, how about mean. this zach if you submit another one and i don't like it um I'm coming for you. Wow. Act of threats. Mm-hmm. That's my well, new, my, <laughs> that's the new normal for me. Act of threats. 
<laughs> well, great, great. Beware, everyone. Stakes yeah. are high. Beware. Uh, stakes are high, just as they were in the subject of episode 120 of our show, The Banana Splits Movie. Tim, you got anything else you got to get out of the way, or can we can we get on with it with our trailer here? Anyone oh, else man, you'd no, like to I threaten? Mean, you know, I just got back into town. I was driving around. And let me tell you something. I have discovered that I have one very extreme um, fear that is almost overwhelming that I, I, I didn't really know I had. Um, I kind of knew that I was like creeped out by this, but like it's official. I am terrified by caves. And I think it's why I like movies that are underground and in caves and whatever, like I, because it's scary. But in real life, uh, we went to Carlsbad and the caverns were closed, but on our campsite, there were actual cave systems that were open and it's like at your own risk. (laughs) And it took all of my like, courage or whatever to actually go in there i was completely terrified (laughs) wow and we went in maybe oh i don't know a hundred yards or so and the second we got past the point where you can't see the entrance anymore and the light is there's just no light it's just your flashlight i felt complete and utter fight or flight like i just wanted to run out of there (laughs) and if you run you might slip is the thing uh yeah no kidding it was overwhelming i i don't think i uh, there's nothing else that makes me feel like that yeah they're well if we're ever in santa cruz together tim i'll take you to my favorite cave that i know there and that's the last one i was in so think about it's true like where if you drop your phone or somehow lose your light like oh my god just you're just screwed because there's no you just it's pitch black (laughs) yeah you are fucked but well say what is really But there's, you know, of course, there's reasons you do it, too. There's perks to it. I think the complete hearing, like, a zero decibels, you know, which isn't something our ears are used to anymore. There's always some kind of even white noise, you know, just living Mm -hmm. uh, where we do, whether even if it's just wind. I don't know, getting into a cave and just, like, hearing or not hearing utter silence, however you put that, is pretty incredible. (laughs) Yeah, it's an experience. I mean... I I will do it again, but it was very hard. Yeah, per our rating system, I would give it a rent it uh, versus I don't think (laughs) I don't think I would give this movie that high. But let's get on with the trailer and see what we did give the Banana Splits movie. So here we go. Yeah. Either way, thank you, Zach. Uh, (laughs) This is for you (laughs) from 2019, the (laughs) Banana Splits movie. Going to the banana splits. Sometimes at night, I see the splits riding around in the little cars, laughing and singing. Who's excited to see the banana splits? Yeah! Rebecca, I'm canceling the show. What? Hey, kids, put on your ha- happiest faces. Because the Banana Split Show is about to begin. Where are the children? Mom, get out of here. 
Tra la la, Tim. <laughs> oh God. Tra la la la. <sighs> yep. Let's get out our size. Let's get out our obvious, our obvious, <laughs> just, just in such misery here. <laughs> Had to watch this film. <laughs> so Tim, so Tim, per our rating system, would you tell yourself to avoid the Banana Splits movie? Stream it, rent yes. it, or buy it? <laughs> You know what? Honestly, it's an avoid for me. I, it just doesn't have anything. I just didn't. It's just not. Um, it's not good. The end. <laughs> Straight up. You know, I'm excited to hear why, as I am any of these these uh, lower rating reviewed films that we do. I, I feel like we always get something out of picking it apart. So either way, I'm looking forward to that. In the end, Tim. I did have to agree with you. I do have to agree with you. I would tell myself to avoid it. I think in another place in my life, it would easily be a stream. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to parse out why I've changed or what's changed. And I think going on what? It's going to be like, essentially, it's just this whole year been like quarantined alone or whatever. But even before then too, I don't know. I'm just trying to parse this all out. Like, watching a movie like this by yourself is just does nothing for me right now. It only wishes it makes me wish I was watching another film. Maybe it's just a sort of like that just speaks more to compounded loneliness outside of this. I'm I'm going through, but like with these movies are, they're just for how they are stupid and for the kills. And that's something I don't really want to share with people at this point in my life. Well, one thing I noticed too, like, you know, there's usually in a bad movie, there's sort of a moment when I just go, I'm like, I'm over it or I'm annoyed with it. And in this one, like, it really occurred. I like paused the movie to see how much time was left. You know what I mean? Five minutes in. No, no. It was 46 minutes in. It was it was right at the halfway mark, and we had only gotten to a, a second kill in a movie that sort of predicated on, you know, these, what would you even call the mascot-type robots killing people, <laughs> right? And there's only been two kills in 45 minutes? Like, that's just dumb and not good. Like, that, it sort of flies in the face of the whole the whole premise and i i just was like i just don't care so a lot of it to me just in broad the broadest of strokes it's an avoid because the movie never does at all what it sort of is promising and there's just nothing to it it's it's hackneyed as as the term i kept thinking of yeah, it's weird. I'm trying to like parse out what you're saying there because I agree when you say there's nothing to it. It's hackneyed. But on the surface, it feels like it's doing exactly all the things that should make me like it. Even yeah. if it took a while to get to the kills, like that's usually not a complaint of mine. It was all practical effects. It was silly. Yeah. I liked the setting. Uh, maybe I'm just more looking forward to like, I think what's essentially the same prim- premise. Maybe it's more of a, a Chuck E. Cheese scenario versus a... um. Uh, TV show, mm-hmm. um, but there's a Nicolas Cage movie coming out with a similar like fighting animatronics premise. 
Yeah. Well, I'm actually, hoping here, that's better. <laughs> here, here's a here's a way I think to to make it to encapsulate why it's it doesn't work. Every every setup is actually kind of it, it it's incorrect in a way. So, just take your Chuck E. Cheese example. Um, let's just imagine we were in a Chuck E. Cheese, right? And the animatronic robots uh, went haywire and started killing people. The only way <laughs> that works is if you if you are trapped in the Chuck E. Cheese, right? Like the doors lock down and all of you are trapped in there and you have to figure out how to survive or or fight back. Um, that's, you know, in this movie, at any given time, everybody could have just walked out the front door. And that, that, right, that alone, that, that reality or that truth about the story ruins the whole movie. I mean, they, it will hear, okay, to take that, I mean, we're kind of, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves here and maybe breaking apart what didn't work, but, uh, so I don't forget the thought. So, so I, I wouldn't say that it's totally doing that, but it, it is in, in what, what that reveals is still indicative of the overall problem in a different way where I think it half acidly does that. You kind of have a That's, throwaway line where they go, yeah. where they go like, oh yeah, you can't really, uh, you know, once, once, once the studio closes down the, you know, you can't get out kind of thing as, you know, right. as that, if they I, couldn't somehow actually manage to work around the gate. That's um, sort of, and then, I think that's sort of my point is that like, it the contrivances are so thin and dumb. Yeah, it's it's, and that maybe that's what I don't know. And and you know the years we've been doing this now, that's a big make it or break it thing for us. Is yeah, this the I don't know. I I guess I'm just repeating you here, but like, it's if it's if it's contrived or not. If 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 it's. You can take this stupid this premise, whether you know call it stupid or not, and then just all these little questions. How do they? Why are they doing this? Why are they here? Like within the reality of the film, you can still figure that out in a way that feels solid. But mm-hmm. just to kind of have it where it makes it feel like they aren't putting in all the effort. Which is, if you're putting the time into wa- sitting down and watching something, yeah, you, <laughs> you want you're like no, just just take the time. I don't know. Just d- didn't you think of this? Right. I think that the term that comes to mind is the, the, you know, I don't really, it's a weird way of putting things, but there's no there there. Yeah. It's yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, what yeah, keeps yeah. coming to mind. And it just, yeah, you know, I, I think we could, you could kind of go through every plot point or, or every story element or every like character even and really just go yeah that doesn't work because it's incomplete well tim we may have time to do exactly that because we <laughs> still did not scratched the surface of our show here so how about we move on with our summary what did happen in the banana splits movie okay banana splits is a tv show with animatronic uh mascots i guess you would call them right uh there's a dog and <laughs> a bear and an elephant and a tiger 
I think it's a lion. Is it a lion? Okay, no. whatever. Elephant, lion, gorilla. <laughs> what? I'm forgetting. <laughs> oh, but the, Tim, it's not. Oh yeah, like, one is a gorilla. The orange one's a gorilla. I don't know. Yeah. What's important though, Tim, is it's not just these. These are the bananas. These are real life. Like when you say there's a TV show, the banana splits. In real life, there's a banana splits TV show, a Hanna Barbera production from the '60s. I saw so, that, and that kind of blew my mind. So that's where these. That's where Flegel, Bingo, Drooper, and Snorky are from. <laughs> they are they are very important character names. We got Flegel, who I guess is like a beagle, a dog. Bingo, the gorilla. Drooper. The lion and Snorky the elephant. Tim, if you guys could see the look on Tim's face, <laughs> <laughs> just, just like blank. these names, just blank these names staring. just I'm like, you. what does that like, even fucking mean? My brain just shut off. <laughs> it's so dumb. Okay, so <laughs> so the premise of the movie is that this that those four characters are robotically AI sort of. Um, Controlled? They're not even controlled. They're like self, uh, programmed. They're AI, yeah. And they are the main characters of a kids show, a live action kids show on a s- stage, um, sound stage, and it's a popular show with kids, probably like you know, eight and under or something like that. And. Um, it's been running for a long time, and we meet a family that has a son that's a um, – there's a – the young son, he's a little too old to be watching this show. He doesn't have very many friends, if any. He has, like, one friend. Um, he has an older brother, a mother, and a stepfather who's a real piece of shit. Um. And for his birthday, they get him tickets to a taping of the Banana Splits TV show. Very exciting. And uh, they have to invite a, 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 per, a kid that he is not very good friends with because his one friend is has the flu. Uh, none of this matters. They go to the show. Uh, the technician who who does updates or whatever for the robots it does something <laughs> carl <laughs> something. with a k yeah he's a, like a like a german crazed british worker he yeah studio. he does an update on one of them uh it's pretty unclear whether or not he is intentionally making the robot turn evil or psychotic or it just was a glitch the coding turns from green to red, folks. That's that's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> it and turns evil. Then too. they <laughs> they do the show. <laughs> and that robot like goes kind of ballistic, but then also all the other robots kind of go ballistic and the people who are have the privilege of staying after to meet the robots are all, you know, <laughs> thrown into the trying to get away from them. They're getting killed. Uh, the kids get kidnapped for no apparent reason and, like, caged. We find out later that all of the audience members never left. They were all killed by the robots, presumably. And then the mom of the son who gets kidnapped with his little friend and whatever has to, like, 
you know, mom up and fight back and win and kill the robots. Yeah. And she does, but yeah, it's dumb. <laughs> we also, it's the last day of the show. It just is getting canceled oh, amongst right. this all. Who cares? Um, and I think here, <laughs> here you say the ro- word robot so many times. I think why our friend Zach, uh, maybe an aspect of why he slash you listening, Zach digs this, is that Zach is a self-proclaimed robot racist. He he distrusts them. He like, <laughs> is, whoa. <laughs> he seriously, <laughs> seriously is, uh, yeah, is bothered by the idea of like having to sit in like a room with, let's say, an advanced AI. It like wow. really gets to him. He's anti-robot. Mm-hmm. Um, at least you know, um, at least giving them any kind of like what when you when you said Tim, I love that how you said like quote meet the robots. Like that's right. what made me. That's what made me link that together. Like yeah, you how can you meet a robot? It, you know. Yeah, there's so many problems with this movie. <laughs> but. On the flip side, you know, I, I could I could conceive of a way to make this movie fun and good. Well, Tim, this one just ready, doesn't do it. If you're ready to do just that, I surprisingly have a lot for what worked for me for this being an avoid. So it's again that fascinating surface level. There's a lot going for it but when it comes down to if there's no there there anyway but no as we do on the show we start with accentuating the positive are you ready for that oh gosh i'm so ready here we go what worked what worked what worked for you what worked for you it worked like a charm smith what worked I thought with any good like slasher movie of this kind, it did a really good job of making me excited to want to see the people get killed who are going to get killed. Mm. Whether it's like hating hating the stepdad, hating the the dad who's like you know uh, has the daughter that he's trying to like sell yeah. essentially. Um, all that was fun. Yeah, I've, you know all the other ones where you're just like oh, these people are so annoying. Blah blah blah. Whatever. It does that thing, but boy, did I hate that stepdad! Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's um, he's the worst. <laughs> I liked they. You were like already whatever to this, but I thought it was smart. They said it on the final episode just to give it a little more. Something's going on, make it seem like more than just some random day that this happened. Thought that was a good call. Um, yeah, behind the scenes. They're they're dealing with the show, uh, you know, getting fired and all that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like it's impossible for me to not be like, yeah, that's cool, but fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> just hold on to your butts, Tim. I'm trying. Um, if it was God, that's I'm I'm falling into it too. <laughs> I was like, say if it was shot better, um. It, no, the, look, the produ- hey, I personally, honestly, I think the best thing about this movie is the cinematography. I don't know. I, well, we'll, we'll get into it. But <laughs> look, I you, just think from a, if you just took stills from this movie, let's do that. The banana splits movie, right? 
Um, I think that there's some really beautifully composed shots in it. Now, do I think it matches up with the story? Not really. And so you can make the argument that that that's a that's a flaw. But like, oh, I don't know. There, I just think that it's lit in a really really pleasing way. Um, and there's a lot of like really beautiful palettes throughout in spite in spite of the content just kind of not matching that well i i latched onto the palettes and stuff too what i was going to say what worked for me was specifically the production design what i'll get to in the next section mm. is i wish i wish that was captured better but i mean yes yeah in a in a better film i could just see like all the elements were there of like just building these these sets that did a real good job of looking mm-hmm. like sets but not in um not too sparse i don't know they were they were sparse in the right way that sets actually are if you know and i don't know it just used the studio space well the mm-hmm. um the 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 guys the 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 evil scientist if you want to call him that his workshop yeah all of the recreating you know i'm guessing these weren't the original costumes from the 60s or i don't know if they had access them but they looked like them and they i don't know that you know the costumes was were good mm-hmm. all that stuff was cool well done yeah i mean that's there's a lot of yeah the design and the imagery are uh in and of themselves singularly i think really good uh, and and pleasing like it it kind of kept me in it there i mean look there are shots in there that are dumb and and don't work but like by and large i was kind of it i kind of kept coming back you know we get to a new scene and you'd have this like you know the camera's on the ground and you've got like a single light source way way back in the upper right corner and you know a long sort of like splash of light in in a mostly dark you know room and you know single subject running through it or something like that and i'm i just it looks good like it's well constructed the the cinematographer whose name is trevor calverly calverly yeah um did a really good job with making it look pretty well <laughs> now my is where opinion. i yeah, now is where I'm holding my tongue for the next section, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, well, this I could kind of wrap this in with the production design, but I mean, and this is this is why Zach said he requested it was the the kills straight up the practical effects. They made a point to do all practical effects. They did them well. I thought you know the only, they were really the only times in the movie that I sat up. And as I already said, there was the part of me that though at the same time was like this isn't the same just sitting here alone watching this movie. I don't want to be watching this movie, but I'll still <laughs> give them props for these effects. We had <laughs> the first one, the lollipop down the throat kill. That was okay, fun sure. seeing that prosthetic of the enlarged throat. We had the, the, the vlogger influencer guy, Thad or Tad in the magic box getting chopped up. Mm-hmm. We had, uh, the dad getting his face set on fire and later was stabbed with a key. He survives his face getting on fire that is stabbed with a key. Um, it was so much fun watching the stepdad we hate getting chased down in a little buggy 
uh, by one of the banana splits. That was probably my favorite scene. Even though I wish he didn't survive toward the end and get killed again, I wish we had he had had a gorier death. Mm-hmm. It was just really fun to see him getting chased down in the car. <laughs> this little car. We had um, Rebecca is the character's name, like one of the studio people getting smashed with a hammer. We had Poppy, the other influencer girl, um, who's I loved how she goes crazy and she she puts on the outfit of Hootie, the unseen, unused fifth banana split, right? And k- kills Carl. Um, we have Doug was another one of the page. He got drumsticks in his eyes. We had like a whole slew of dead bodies. That was the rest of the audience that got mm-hmm. booed and killed off screen. And then we did have finally when uh, when Mitch the stepdad gets run over. Um, kills, man. There they are. They were great. Yeah. Yes, you're still like, so what though? <laughs> what if there's no there there? Which I agree with you, Tim. Yeah. But again, in isolation, <laughs> they were there. But and I will say kind of what I mentioned amongst all that that I did sincerely love, just that was kind of a weird, fun touch, uh, was, yeah, Poppy going crazy. Like she sees her her new fiance, her boyfriend, getting killed in front of her and just completely loses it in a way that just seems like the idiosyncraticness of how she loses it. You wonder if it could even happen in a better movie. It's the one aspect of like in this movie where when something isn't thought through all the way, kind of like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an example, but like, you know, like when we watch a demon win where it's, where it's like something about how this doesn't make any sense is what is making it work. That was Poppy going crazy was the one aspect of that for me, where it was like, I don't know if quote unquote better filmmakers would have necessarily come up with that and executed Poppy going crazy in in this way. That just worked for me. Oh, man. I just... Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's just a whole lot of like it's a nothing burger. That's my problem with it. Tim, we're still in what worked. I know, but I don't care if Poppy goes crazy because I don't care about Poppy. Uh I agree here, Tim. But <laughs> but little things that did work in of itself hmm. still still just going down the list here. I would love yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. I like the idea of her going crazy over this cool i uh, agree with that <laughs> i thought uh on top of just the production design and design of them recreating the banana splits being good the voice acting was totally fine and, and good and like i don't know who you know the, the guy who did those was good was suitably cartoonish mm-hmm. um I did think, you know, I'm always going on the promise of the premise. Are they doing the things you can only do in this movie? The whole time I was thinking of like, God, this is just not going to feel right if like they start openly killing kids. I don't know. That just doesn't feel the right kind of tongue in cheek to be like a a smart kind of tongue in cheek to just where that would feel right. But where they did get in the end, which I did feel was a a good job of paying off the promise of the premise was like how the banana the crazy banana splits were putting on their show but in like a crazed morbid version 
in front of the kids, like where they're, oh, that was the other death I didn't match mention of like the main executive guy. It's the big finale. Oh, right, right, right. Getting yeah. the quote unquote banana split and getting all his limbs torn off. Just like <laughs> there was something where it's just doing that in front of all those kids. I was like, great, this is, this is what you'd want from this movie. I'm glad it's doing this. Yeah, I I think that at its core, that's what this movie, the intention of this movie was. Is So if you were just to pick apart like the premise in and of itself, you've got commentary on, you know, things like entertainment, um, capitalism, uh, consumerism, uh, the, the sort of human versus AI – uh it's it's almost an allegory for slave labor uh in a way like you know you've the 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 executives have been using these entities for profit for years and years and years and using them as auton uh automatons the word that i can never say automatons that's sure and Wait, why have we? Why has that word come up more than once? What other autonom- <laughs> automaton? <laughs> but it has. Yeah. Um. You know, and so you can go down the line and and kind of create some interesting commentary, and I think that like maybe that was part of the goal. Um, and you know, within that, you create this sense of the. It's it's a little bit of commentary, I think, on if you use somebody, there's a there's a breaking point a lot of the time, right? If you if you use somebody and uh, it goes too far, or too long, or whatever, eventually that there's some pushback, and you see that, but you also see that, like with the elephant Snorky, there's still an there's still an element of like uh compassion and sort of you know whatever like he ends up helping the main kid sort of um and there's something in there right it's it's you can there's sort of some commentary on like what ai actually is and is it just a robot or is it having existed for as long as it has is there something more to it? Like, is it its own entity? Does it have autonomy after being an autonom, 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 that one, you know? So like, I think that there's a potential interesting through line there that maybe was the goal. Um, and so I can kind of appreciate that, you know, there's, a long, long history of sci-fi AI storytelling about what it means to be a robot in, you know, and where the line between being human and not can be drawn and how blurred can it get, right? Like we've seen that in countless stories. And when done right, you get stuff like, you know, Isaac Asimov stuff or Westworld or I like her was great. Oh, right. Or her. Exactly. Like you really get some interesting commentary. Um, and I think you can, you can do that in a horror film like this. You definitely can do it. Um, unfortunately this just doesn't 
quite peel the onion back enough. And I think a lot of that comes from just like the writing just doesn't get there. So as far as what worked, though, in a very surface level way, the idea of Snorky the elephant being good and helping them. Yeah, the idea that the sort of very broad strokes idea of that question of like, what does it mean to be a non-human AI entity? I just like those questions. And then I just said, Snorky the elephant. It's like, what are we doing? Like, it's so unreal. But I just think it would be so cool to to dive into that a little bit deeper. Like, to yeah. have some of those moments where, you know, you ha- you have... Here's what it is. Uh, if you're going to make a movie where AI is running crazy and, like, robots robots are going nutso and, like, killing people, I want to see conflict in, within the robot, right? This robot... The, all these robots have been programmed to do something very pure and and like wonderful right like entertain kids for years and years and years and one of them finally breaks and can't do it anymore i like that's that's a universal idea right <laughs> in a way it's like everybody has their breaking point even if they're doing good and i like that i think that's cool and if you had a little bit more connection i guess to what's going on and you add some more layered nuance to like you know if the humans were foils for the robots or vice versa you could get some good stuff some meaningful stuff and then when it comes to a head and you're seeing the 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 ultimate sort of like battle or face to face it would actually have some some weight to it Right. If you could somehow reflect the experience of these uh, robots in that they've been uh, relegated to to being the recipients of orders for their entire existence. And then you show the mom who's been submissive or subservient to her shitty husband like he's been barking orders to her and she's just been taking it forever. If you can sort of layer those onto each other, you actually have something. You can go somewhere with that. You can reflect on those things. You can show that she actually can understand in a way where the fucking, the robots are coming from. Like then you're off the races. You can actually go somewhere with that story-wise and character-wise. But we don't get anything that even remotely suggests that kind of connection or that thematic overlaying in this movie. And I think that's ultimately, you know, often the failing of this style of modern horror is that it is just the surface concept and they never dig down into character motivation in relation to the themes of the actual story. Tim, that is all very well said. I agree wholeheartedly. And it's funny, out of our 120 episodes, I think this is the first one where we just cannot accentuate the positive and keep what worked (laughs) on what worked. (laughs) So how about 
Well, I'm all saying that- what works is that they were almost, you know, <laughs> tap. They were knocking on the door of it. All I wanted to say was, let me just get my one other what worked I have out of the way, and then we can be free to to dive even more into all that. The very last thing that just, I guess, on some level made me happy was at least the mom actually went full badass at the end, and they gave her that arc. Because that would have been... Because that was very nice after seeing the way she's treated and how much I hate the stepdad. Like, if they didn't have her go all, like, you know, badass Ripley at the end, would have been uh, quite mm-hmm. the letdown. Mm-hmm. So, oh, at least they did that. No, there was one other thing that I appreciated in this. Uh, just kidding. That was in something else I watched last night. Do-do-do-do-do-do. All right. <laughs> <laughs> On to. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Banana Splits movie, for not being able to accentuate the positive. We did our best. <laughs> Uh, well, and we, and we hope this, um, as, uh, actually as, uh, as Zach's now fiance Carly, we had on the show, put it, oh, yeah. we're still, Congratulations. yeah, we're still, uh, <laughs> we're still giving the banana splits movie our time and love and care and attention and speaking about what did not work. So, so there we go. Let's keep it up <laughs> in our next section. What did not work? It's not ready yet. Seems to work okay. No, something important's missing. What did not work? <laughs> so, Tim, I did want to just, you know, say what you said in so many words, too. What you, that, the, the big chunk you just went on that was so great about the machines, what they're doing, what they're not doing. Made me think, yeah, like you really do have to be aware and push. Like, it's so funny to say this about machines, robots, but the machines, robots, they felt too machine-like in it. Like, like mm-hmm. if you're going to go the, if you're going to have the moments where the little kid says, what is it, boinky, snotty, snooty, uh, snorky, <laughs> where his favorite snorky the elephant like actually helps him at the end and stuff that is just getting onto the surface level of what you were talking about of like needing to see these moments of them doing some kind of like are like make us question are they thinking like is mm-hmm. this resembling you know on some level how humans operate or you have the direction of the original Terminator. It's like the difference between the T-800 in the first Terminator and the T-1000 in Terminator 2. You know, those are very clearly pushing those two things. Where the first one, the T-800, it's all about, this is a killing machine straight up. And it, the horror is from, uh, th- that's all it is. It's not even, it's hard to say single-minded because by the end, when it is just a machine, we wouldn't even think of saying the word minded associated with it. Uh, But then the T-1000, we see it's the capacity to learn that Mm -hmm. we then start to really feel for it and, you know, making an effort. So so that level of intention that was going on and, you know, the way that was so brilliant to differentiate the Terminator Terminator 2 from the first one is is maybe a a way of putting exactly what you were saying, too, of what would have, that should have, could have, would have been so nice if it was happening from this. But as far as just this angle of what the robots were doing is why there was, as you put it, no there, there. There's just, yeah, it's not stoked on these guys at any point 
I didn't know how to feel about them was, um, are they, am I supposed to be feeling right now that that's, they're scary machines when they get part of their face ripped off? Or am I supposed to be feeling about them like I'm actually trying to really, it was just, uh, ugh, it just made me not want to be there. Just the way yeah. no intention was put into it. And why, one of the reasons I tell myself to avoid this movie. Well, yeah, I mean, there's just, there's just so much lacking. And it's annoying because it's like, it's not hard. Well, I don't think it's hard to give the give tidbits of sort of detail efficiently, you know. So they, there's just like there's weird. It's weird how this movie is constructed, right? Like who are who do we care about? I mean, we're supposed to care about the the mom and the two sons. You know, I will say, I meant to say in in uh, the what worked for me, I liked I liked Paige a lot. Paige the page. I thought sure. she was great. Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> a big, so look, yeah. I, I think here's he, like, oh man, there's two, there's two major elements here. Char- so just in terms of character, uh, if you want to have the mom and the two sons be like your protagonists, you you need to set up why the what the problem is right and like i guess they're sort of setting up that the problem is the stepdad but that never has anything to do with the actual external problem which right. is none of yeah none of them felt like protagonists sorry go ahead uh, exactly and so like what are we doing and so that's a obviously that's a problem on the flip side the antagonists being the machines we need to know more about them and you can do that so easily right well, it could have been to done know yeah who they are you could do that in the intro you could do that like i i think i would have done a very simple opening which they they almost do right you see the the episode of the show the ending essentially of the actual show but then they cut away to the family's house inside the living room and the kid is watching the show i wouldn't have done that at all i would have cut to backstage after the show right away to show the difference between the performance that these machines have to put on and their actual reality which is they are these sort of they're slaves to the machine of the show run by humans. And so you immediately get you have opportunity to see sort of in a way how each of those four machine characters like they you give them a point of view. You can show that whatever their names are um, that they actually have some sense of personality within their machineness. And once you do that, then you can you can cut to the family and you can show the the kid who loves the show talking about his point of view of what their characters should be. He can talk about how much he loves Snorky and what Snorky like represents to him. He can talk about, you know, he, he can he can just gush about them and in doing so, you then get to see the, how the family feels about their kid who's a little too old to be gushing over these characters 
you know, in that moment, you you can get their point of view on him. And then you've established that he's the protagonist. He has a flawed view of these heroes of his. And you've seen that those heroes are not actually what he's going to expect. So now we have a very basic construct. The, the, the fan who is going to be let down when he meets his heroes. And then we're good. Like, you can go to the show. You can have all these other uh, conflicts within. You have the, you know, you have the characters like Paige, the Paige, who are, like, this is very, um, what's it called? It's very fairy tale sort of construct, right? You have, like, the the wood nymph who, who leads them to the 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 castle so to speak or whatever and all of that falls in on itself chronicles of narnia do this right like you've got the little fawn who who susan or whoever i forget the names of the characters but like she meets that and then that person sort of inadvertently betrays them because they're in a situation that they don't want to be in like all of that's really there it's it's sort of old school fairy tale storytelling and so when you have that, when the shit hits the fan and things start to go down, you actually get to see the kid who, who you've established a relationship with. You get to see him battle that feeling of, of disappointment and, and maybe resist it. And then the family has to be the people to be like, yo, you can't hold on to this anymore. They're trying to kill us. And if he singularly ha- retains hope in one of them, Snorky in this case, and you see Snorky go from evil to back to understanding some compassion that he, that the kid is able to show Snorky, then we have a story, right? You have a turn. You have a moment of, Let's say the end of the second act, like when the all is lost has happened, that it's the will of the kid's love for his hero that allows us to make a turn into the third act and actually have Snorky become an ally, change the nature of what's happened, and help them fight. And then we have a story, like we have stuff going on. Instead, we get this weird sort of muddy mess of the mom being the one who needs to do that i think that's okay like she could do that like it's not wrong that she's the character that ends up standing up but we don't like it's really flawed how it's laid out there when she gets kind of shit on by her her husband it's very whatever no you know there's no like like progressive conflict with them she just eventually goes oh you know who are you talking to on the phone oh you're cheating on me it's over who cares right like what we need to see is her her back down repeatedly and have the sons feel the the grossness and the weight of the power that the husband has over her so that when she actually does say fuck off to him and like end that relationship, it's got to be way later and it's got to have way more weight to it. Like it just everything is so flabbity flaw in this to me. 
that like there's never any weight underneath the 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 moments of storytelling and so you just get kind of get this like okay then this happened then this happened and who really cares and blah 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 agreed completely a lot of good stuff in there tim if as far as the angle of the the robots and what they could be doing and not doing yeah you know you have the little kid who's such a clear fan of them let's why not give like i i wanted to be able to tell the difference between flegal bingo drooper and snorky like you know at least give them that personality versus having them just be you know or again go the cold machine angle and don't worry about any of that but like i don't know for what this was going for that would have been fun to be able to get that window into the kids world yeah a bit and like yeah i mean i can't elaborate anymore but you're just so right like the, the human characters just always felt a bit outside of them or i don't know how much of it specifically their motivations because those were there they did kind of have their arcs but as far as just i don't know feeling like you were with them it was all as you put it flubity flibbity i was never ever with them um i'm trying to think of like other ways (laughs) other ways it's flibbity flubity Hmm. kind of like what we mentioned up front of just the the holding logic of it all well the, the one i just thought of while you're talking again with the machines you're like well how do we give give them more stuff there and i agree yeah do that do that intro like you said it but also maybe make it clear what the heck this this mad scientist is up to was he good was he bad was he just no indifferent like <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so it's yeah, like, like so much more could have the... been done with him you know so much or how about do anything at all with him like what what <laughs> right all of the humans that are a part of the show, they're so disconnected. Like, you know, you have the executive producer guy who's just kind of a, like, gross, douchey guy. And you have the producer who is a total non-character. And I mean, Ugh, yeah. just don't stop. Please stop writing women to, like, have absolutely no character or personality. It's really annoying. Well, it was, it's funny with page like i thought the performance was great amongst this character that of course did you know in the in the writing sense was not was not so great like what you could have done with her like yeah it was it was nice you have her up front acknowledge that she does not want to be doing this page job yet when she gets laid off then all of a sudden she's worried and afraid about losing her job. Well, that's an interesting thing. Someone doesn't like their job, but then is upset that they lose it. Like there's, there's something to chew on that the movie is just completely oblivious to chew on. And like, here's another good example of like, what maybe an into the flubity flubitiness was when we first meet Paige, she says something like, she makes some comment about, oh, this is a a page of the page or whatever like that. Just something that you know where you're just like, why why is this the one performance? It's like, because this is the one performance of, uh, or the one episode of the Banana Splits show that's being shot that is in the movie. It's the one time she's saying this thing, but we're like, do you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's the kind of thing that she should have said already, but it's just like, feels like it's a line for the movie. Yeah. And it's like, it's like one of those moments. And with her too, like I could see her 
how did I put this? Like where she's so hard and so well, but not, you know, but it's an impossible thing to sort of sell moments that should be like just sort of click and be casual, but somehow aren't. Like there was a moment where she's trying, says something about like the, about them meeting the banana splits afterwards. And she's like, great, well, let's do, you know, we'll do this and then go here and I'll wait here for another 10 minutes. Something that's just like in those practicalities where it just doesn't, makes sense just there was like it a, yeah it, it's just like it's sort of like it felt like really weak logic motivation whatever it is for just how to get characters to go somewhere yeah and you see it being wrapped up in a sort of a throwaway line from her that's she does a great job of saying it the best of you can of like okay you know just do this. but then at the same you're just kind of like you it, something about it and then the, the non-logic of it you just go wait what or it's just something's not clicking in this overall how it's being held and the, the the logic of whether it's be like we mentioned earlier of them being trapped inside and just being given this half-assed throwaway line. Like, stop half-assing it. Yeah, I mean, as somebody who's been, you know, who's worked on a TV show and been on a soundstage where the TV show is, the set is, and all of that stuff, like, you would... The, there's so much about them being the audience like handpicked and taken around the back to meet somebody that like it's just not how any of it works. And there would be so many more people there, right? Crew members, security. You have lots of like check-ins and check-outs. Like you have a bunch of producers. You've got cameramen. You've got all sorts of people working there that just don't exist here. And these like seven or so uh audience members are allowed to just roam freely i mean like the (laughs) the dad and the and the girl the who he's trying to like get representation or talk to the producer like being able to walk into a producer's office is so wildly absurd and then they'll say like wait hold on you aren't supposed to be backstage and we're like right then you can (laughs) you can solve these issues now part, (laughs) part of it is budget right like if you have a like here's how i would do it I would have them sneaking a fu- fucking around. They'd have to come up with a way to sneak away, right? A, a clever way to like distract and sneak away. No problem. Uh, you could have them just be like, oh, I need to use the bathroom or my daughter needs to use the bathroom. They they snoop away and they go down a hallway. There's a security person at the end of the hallway. So you've added a character, whatever. But you have them go up to the security person and somehow fool the security person. Like it's it would it it's an opportunity for that a joke been, yeah, or for it would something. Have been such a much better in to have at least some of them, yeah, skirting skirting the rules to meet the banana splits afterwards. If you had this little group who were like, for all their different reasons, they were like, whether it's the parent trying to get the uh, the kid for the audition, whether it's, you know, the other ones just the wanting influencers, the, yeah. the influencers wanting to get this exclusive shot and have all of them skirt the rules somehow to gain access That's to right. them. And then we have our horror movie turn moment thing that you want of this is the 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 mistake that was made exactly Versus just like this totally lame just like it's kind of hang out with nobody around being led to this space and it seems <laughs> flibbity flubity yeah like well and then you can also so it's it, it's a really good construct right you have a group of outsiders people who don't know the ins and outs of this new environment and they all have egos and they all have motivations to get something that they want. They're, they all have 
sins essentially right one is ego or one is uh like um not ego what is it what am i trying to say tim you don't have to connect everything to the seven deadly but i like to (laughs) (laughs) you know but like that's the thing is they they each have their their goal and that's what's motivating them and so if you have these these factions within the 10 people or so who are allowed to come backstage and each of them is finding ways to split off of the group. You have to have a touchstone, which would be the kid, right? The kid who has a pure heart and a pure outlook on this whole thing going, I don't think you should do that. Or maybe he's the one who rats them out or like he's going to rat them out and they say, don't be, you know, don't be a little shit. You just you know, so you have something's internal wrong. Internal yeah. group conflict happening. And that group conflict is setting them up to put themselves in positions to get in trouble and then you have the external threat that nobody knows about yet and people in the group start getting picked off the group has to have an opinion about that right Mm -hmm. like where did you know you know tom and 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 jane go like where where did they go what like what happened to them and then later they can find them and go oh shit they're dead and they got a gruesome death now we're really in trouble like shit's actually going down and you need somebody like to hang a lantern on it should be somebody like Paige, who's like we should have established way early on that Paige does not feel comfortable around the machines just make that a make that a character reality for her so that later when shit starts to go down, she could be like, see, I fucking told you these things have always creeped me out and now they're going to they're on the loose so that later when the kid is like, no, we can I can, you know, convince Snorky to not be bad. <laughs> Then there's co- character conflict between him and Paige or him and his mom. Like maybe maybe the mom is a better character to be the one who's who's suspicious all the time, right? That, that makes sense. She's the protector character. She could be suspicious. And so when she's about to take Snorky's head off, maybe the kid goes, no, like he's the one who helped me earlier. Don't kill him. It's He's not the bad one. Then you actually have a scene, right? You have a scene where the mom and the son have to come to terms with something, which is more a metaphor for the relationship of the mom and the son in regards to the broader family dynamic that they had, right? The mom has been making bad decisions by being with this shitty dude who she ignores the abusiveness that he's portrayed onto his stepkids, and she's been blind to it because she – for whatever reason – all of that can be layered together for us to get to a point where we, we get to see her have that sort of moment of realization of her flaws and then overcome them. Finally listen to her kid and actually do what he said and have that have you know an impact in, and work out for the story and for the character's like arc. Things like that, they're just non-existent in this. Right. Like, it's not just the mom. Like, whether it could be the older brother or Paige, just, like, what is their opinion about these banana splits? Like, Um, And so I think the other problem is that, so we don't have any of that. And instead, what we have is really, really pretty lame caricatures. mm Mm-hmm. You know, the stepdad is just – he's just the lamest version of a of a shitty stepdad. He's like – he's Gotta a take Holly- the call he, from the office and it's you – know. Yeah, he's a Hollywood stepdad. He's like a Hollywood idea of a stepdad. You know, like he, that's not – like 
it's just not a thing. And well, the influencers, they're yeah. just very like I don't know. It just doesn't it's just lame. It's 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 overdone. It's like who gives a shit? Well, it's weird, you know, you saying that it's like there could be a version of this that embraces all that. And that's kind yep. of lies in the fun of it is 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 pushing these people as caricatures but it's yeah. like an awkward middle line of not really doing either well you know i hate to say it but like <laughs> what honestly comes to mind in in how you do that dynamic well is the most recent spider-man movie where you have a group of high school kids and they all have their sort of stereotypical character traits but they are put in an extreme situation where they have to kind of use their quirkiness to solve their own ex the external problem which is like the bad guys blowing shit up around them and they become the target because they're uh connected to peter parker and blah 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 right but like even in that you have these tropes right like flash thompson has a you know like a twitch page or 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 live he's live streaming all the time wait how about something i have seen like could you say the same for um the characters in the the babysitter all the bad guys like you think of the jock in that and i feel like kind that's, of that's yeah. the level there's an inner logic to those characters as caricatures that works for me that's right and 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 here's a big part of it they interact with each other they have an opinion about each other Mm -hmm. We, you have zero crossover in this movie with those characters. Never once does the influencer and his girlfriend interact with the dad and his daughter. Yeah. They don't, they don't care about each other. And that's a huge problem. They should be like, there should be a meet and greet afterwards, right? The se seven of them or however many it is should all be standing there waiting to meet the fucking machines and being like hey i'm this hey i'm this oh hey nice to meet you okay and like they can roll their eyes about it they can like look at the little kid who's overly excited and like one person can be like that's so lame and the other person can be like hey don't be an asshole you're like, right like the the ending where it's like the classic the the adventure's over the ambulance has arrived we're all kind of coalescing outside it's like you know, end of the Goonies, tons of movies, yeah. horror movies too. Like you didn't have any sense of all of the all the people interacting and being like, we just went on this adventure or ordeal together. Is they're weirdly separate? You're right. Well, and what's there's a huge problem with that, right? We want to see people be find connection in life. Right? Like, we, it's really pleasing to us when we see people connect. You know, even if the story is these two characters have separated and they come back together at the end, and that's the catharsis of the movie, that we get to have that movie. Like, Die Hard, for example. You know, he, the whole movie is Bruce Willis trying to get to his wife. And when they finally do at the end, it's cathartic as hell. And you have the other relationships that have been formed come into play with it between the reporter and the and the wife and the cop and Bruce or John McClane. Like you have this coalescing of everybody being there at the end sort of being like, wow, we just went through a thing together and now we're now we're together and not having that. There's no semblance of that whatsoever in this movie. Every single character is sort of maybe you have it just a 
touch with the mom and the two sons. But even that at the end, it's like the one son's off trying to get a kiss from Paige. Like, get the fuck out of here. It's so dumb. You can do all of those things if you go through the thing together and you've sort of coalesced at this moment where it's all like, wow, we just had an experience as a group. And and now what? That's right. So much what is usually the appeal or an appeal, something that is fun in these movies, is watching all these people who wouldn't be together, these disparate groups, have to work together and meet each other. And they then them having an opinion on each other is what allows us to sort of get a sense of of who they are in a, in a way that's usually fun. Yeah, um, and like classic zombie movies are tend to be pretty good at this. Totally. Yeah. You know, you get a bunch of disparate people together in a house that have to deal with each other. I just watched uh, The Mist that did that pretty yeah. well, yeah. Um another here's here's maybe another in for for you us here. Just where something in the writing just was not either doing one or the other or just was a weird lacking it's it's inner and outer logic, but was like how it was a trick it's a tricky thing to pull off, and of course they didn't, but the idea of pulling <laughs> off uh why and how are modern people liking this like weird kind of throwback show that's been around forever like it seems like okay we got like okay yeah generally on a surface level of course they're gonna be like the geeks like the influencers who just love this thing from their childhood or just kind of weird super fans but like there was still a disconnect somehow Mm -hmm. you know or I'll tell you what, but here's here's one one reason it's a disconnect. Just you just take that character, the influencer character. They undercut that character. If you're gonna have a the, both of them, the guy and the girl? Yeah. Yeah. They they undercut both. But one of the big problems is is that they can't decide what their the writer's opinion of these characters is. Uh, uh, if you have it just doesn't add up, right? Logically. If you have I would say what there may be 20, 25, somewhere in that range, young 20 year olds who are going to tapings of a classic kids show. Then we need to feel the sense of like that cult, you know, adulation for the kids show that it's not. Otherwise, it feels odd. It's like, why are they even there? They're just two fans. (laughs) They should be like they should be. The spokespeople for the fandom of mm-hmm. that show that there is this cult following of of kids who grew up on the show that are now getting to have access to the show through this influencer or yeah. this couple. And but the writers undercut that immediately because they have an opinion, they have a a shitty opinion of influencers. And so they make this character out to be a loser. Right. That's wrong. That that is illogical to this character. Well again, they say, oh he you've only got two hundred and (laughs) eighteen followers. Immediately now we're like, well this guy is a loser, so who cares? But if he had a huge following, let's say like Galaxy Quest does this really well, right? You have the super nerd who's at home that ends up getting all the other super nerds of the show together to help land the ship, right? Like 
we should have something like that in this movie. If you're going to use the influence character, he should have this huge fan base that ends up somehow the connection to all these people and loving this show that still exist out there, adults, that somehow they are able to help solve the the terror of the of the things that are going on like connect us so that we're it's it's more about the connections that we have interpersonally and like like character actually makes sense this super geek kind of character it's like there's there's the ways of looking at them where it's either you're kind of like oh this is weird and sad and idiosyncratic as one societal view at them. And then there's the view also, it's like, no, to admire someone who's so passionate and knows who they are and knows what they love. And both are, you know, things we feel are valid, but it's not even like, it's not even looking at it from that perspective. It's just kind of this very surface level. I don't know. Like, like, like you have. <laughs> it's so, here's what it feels like to me. Know, it man. feels like the writer's, wrote characters that they themselves are judging. And you can't do that. You need to love your characters for good or bad. You better love your characters. Do You cannot undercut them. You can't be like, oh, he's just a loser influencer. Then he's not a character. He's a caricature. Well, it feels like they start from that place and then just they run into that problem in the writing and never they just don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like even with the the stepdad, like how much you hate that he's essentially just wasted 10 years of this poor woman's life with the false marriage. You know, it's just despicable. But like you can still show him how like kind of weak and scared he is, you know, like at least make us, you don't have to like him, but at least make us like understand more where he's coming from yeah, in a exactly. in a way that's just like okay, well, I can still it, it can still be fun to watch him get run over, but at the same time, like I don't know, make it so it. And this is I was about to say like make it so it rings true, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I still keep getting caught up where it's like this is just a stupid movie where it doesn't necessarily have to ring true. So it really is this just not knowing what it's doing awkward middle ground that is just the the waffling we've been talking about like yeah like it's it's this is it's weird to have this show in modern times and that could totally be acknowledged or 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 done somehow but it's just it's just not and the whole time i'm just like how do any of these people like actually what is this is this normal like what what is that where am i it's it's just is hellish in a in a not good horror movie way (laughs) yeah just keeps me on the outside yeah it's just i mean i think i could go on and on but what's the point right i mean so much sort of like why you why why are we doing that i guess to shift gears a bit like you liked how it was shot i did not i thought like Mm. that's what made me want to start turning it off like i know I, i just kind of am able to accept okay this is just like one of those low-budget sci-fi channel movies, blah, blah, blah. But that doesn't work for me as an excuse. Like, it's this is the example I use. It's the difference between my all-time favorite movie, which was a super low-budget, you know, could have been indie movie, but made in a studio, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, hmm. by, directed by Tim Burton, who just 
through these budget limitations, like does so much with the the music and how it's shot and everything. Like it's a true vision being put on display. And then Pee Wee's Big Holiday, which came out like five years ago or whatever, like actors killed it. The script was great, but it didn't have this like, this vision, it felt like the, what I think of like when I describe this straight to TV or straight to video, mm. kind of just no, it didn't have that that perspective or that, I don't know, didn't have that that flair to it. So it's like, I can admire in the Ben, ben Esbitt's movie, the, the thought and deliberation put into the production design of recreating, making sets of the Banana Splits TV show. But when it's just shot in this way that just looks cheap and bleh and generic, I'm like, no, let's like like do something with these sets. Like make it mm-hmm. so when we're like have like play with the idea that we're kind of looking at them from the outside as just these limited one-walled artifice things. But then also like once they're trapped and forced to play this game, then make it like feel like we're we're in it and it comes alive. Like, you know, use that kind of dual nature of what sets are in a fun way. Yeah, or like yeah. give some sense of like 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 excitement when we enter a new stage and it's this different area that's going to give a new color to how this next person's going to get killed. But it's like, no, just they, it's like they just don't care or think about any of that stuff. Yeah. And I just tune out. There's too much of that feeling of this wasn't really thought through and then you're there and it's like, oh shit, we didn't think this through. So let's just skate by quickly. Like even the saw, the saw that is used to to cut the the kid in half. It's like it's a fucking cardboard saw. It's like got giant <laughs> jagged teeth. It's just dumb. It 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 doesn't work. It's it's like I don't know. It's just shit like that drives me nuts. Like you can be cartoonish. But there's yeah. a line where it's like you got to have a little bit of like logic and actual like something has to be grounded. You can't cut somebody in half with that saw. Right. Well, it's it's funny kind of the thing that we're we're talking in and on and around here is it, I'll keep saying it, it's that 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 middle ground of something where like I just I almost wanted to recommend Ed this, but a movie I've really grown to love and like I don't revisit movies so much, but I felt compelled to revisit um Ed Wood, I just think is an mm. excellent, excellent, excellent film. And the touches of Ed Wood's character um were where it's so funny to getting this behind the scenes look of a filmmaker who like when these things that are obviously egregious and noticeable on set that you're like, no what everyone's gonna be that's just not working. Like that he he just hit the gravestone and you can see it's it's plastic and Ed Wood <laughs> yeah. just is confidently like no it's the magic of filmmaking no one's gonna if the story's working no one's gonna notice that kind of thing <laughs> which is like of course there is a truth to that but I look at that as more as like how you can get away with you know a continuity error and a cut or something or mm-hmm. like you, you know there there is a line but but it's like a, a movie like this it's just. I don't know. It's not bad enough to be endearing and it's not good enough to involve me. Like, it's... Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. Nah. I don't feel like we should belabor this anymore. We're just getting all in a, a tizzy here, yeah. 
rightly so. We're we're just we're just frustrated directors ragging on other movies. Say we want <laughs> give us the money. I know, right? We'll make it. But hey, man, always gotta hey they. They did. They they did it though. At the same time, hey, exactly. Like they made they made the thing for better People, or worse. They made the thing that they wanted to make, and I, you know, and we're here talking about it. Thanks to Zach. All right, right. right. <laughs> but as always, no, no. It's always en- enlightening either way to to break it down. Mm-hmm. I was appreciative for it. Well, we do have a last section. Then should we move on to it? Yes, we should. All right, here we go. Things of note. This should be interesting. All right. Biggest question, Tim. Who is your favorite banana split? Legal, <laughs> Bingo, Drooper, or Snorky? I like the gorilla. Me too, Tim. Bingo. Bingo, bingo, name? bingo. Bingo is my bingo. Yeah, bingo is my favorite too. The gorilla. Those, oh those my God. sunglasses, his grin. Look yeah. at that. Look at that. <laughs> Bingo is both of our favorites. <laughs> we got so much in common. Um, I learned the that dancers played all the banana splits. That was the casting decision for them, which I thought was a nice right. touch. That's cool. It's going to be... Um, the voice actor, Eric Bauza, who did three of the four voices of the banana splits, he's also the current voice actor who does a lot of the main Looney Tunes characters. Oh, really? Like, he's also the voice of Bugs Bunny, Marvin the Martian, a bunch of them right now. Um, Which I've actually watched one or two of the new Looney Tunes on HBO Max. They're pretty good. Nice. Uh, I had a... It's so funny, Tim, when you Google, you know, Banana Splits movie. It... (laughs) Thank Google for this. This is so funny. You know, you type in anything and you have like questions that people are typing in. Like, what is the world? What is the world got to know about the Banana Splits movie here? You know, and it's sort of a summation of that. Like, what are people thinking? What do the people have to know? Here's some, here to some to get a sense of what people are thinking of the Banana Splits movie. Oh, God. <laughs> what is the Banana Split movie? Is there going to be a Banana Splits 2 movie? Um, <laughs> what animals are the Banana Splits? How long? Blah, blah, blah. Um, I like this. Is Snorky a boy or a girl? <laughs> oh, and I think this is my favorite. How do you kill a Banana Split? Oh, God. <laughs> well, it depends. It's... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Like, what? Like, what are you, you like, are watching this movie and, like, Googling, like, how to kill a banana split? Like, what? who, who are you? What are you doing? Um, oh, man. So, my question I pose for you, Tim. Uh, I, I read or saw somewhere that, like, the, the move, uh, a movie that was an inspiration for this movie, there were a couple, but one of them was Chopping Mall. Have you sure, seen which Chopping I, Mall? I have, I have not seen it. Okay, well, hmm. I'm trying to think of an, another example, but let's pick, I don't know, like maybe Demon Wind, something like that. You'll, you'll, you'll get the vibe I'm talking about. But like, are movies like that that we might enjoy more actually 
better or is it just the fact that they kind of have they're they're more of a um a a uh, what's the word a time capture time uh, capsule time capsule of of the time that they were made like is the peeled chopping mall that like when it's this bad stuff that it's the fact that it's kind of through an 80s lens of 80s people in an 80s place or demon wind what it does for like early 90s people whatever that was is therein lie all the appeal that makes it the, the streamable or rentable let's say mm. like because i don't necessarily think they're better <laughs> you know it's hard to say they're better than the banana splits movie in the level of, of of character and writing and all that put into it but there's something inherently i enjoy more about them and so is it just this fact that they're more distilled and emblematic of a time i think oh, i want to say that i i don't know if this is true but my instinct is to say that those movies were a little bit more um a little bit more nuanced in their commentary of things that were happening at the time. And I'm not sure that's true, but that's my sense of it. Maybe you can only see that in hindsight. Like, at, like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just thinking, is there something about it being a modern film that just makes me especially not enjoy right. a Splits movie? Hmm. I think there might be something to that because maybe I'm feeling the responsibility of more of let's be making better movies versus oh, then it's yeah. just the sort of like weird artifact that has its, where, where the gore and the, the horror moments, which, you know, maybe this should, the, the gore horror moments that this has should be enough for me like it is in those movies, but but I'm just <laughs> actively annoyed more <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't know. There's a part of me that thinks that the reason we like these movies or the reasons that they've remained true or not true, but remained sort of in our brains and favorable like or whatever is is because, yeah, yeah they, they, that they hit some sort of tone that like still resonates in not just universe i think part of it is that there's a universal resonance that those some of these movies have and that's why they stick around but they also had that thing of of being a snapshot of the time and that has you know importance to it as well i can't imagine looking at the banana splits movie in (laughs) 10 or 20 years and feeling as though this was encapsulated an era or like aspects of t- 2019 that that had any meaning whatsoever. And I think, you know, it's an interesting question because there's all I always wonder about that. Like why do some movies you know, why do they last? Why do they, you know, why are they hold up 20 years when later or whatever? When they're surface level bad, you mean like Exactly, yeah. yeah. And some of them really do. It, it's an interesting thing, but I don't know. I I just I want to say that that you know, as artists, part of our job is to dig a little bit deeper and try to find find the relevant meaning 
within the stories we're telling that have certain things like universality and, you know, timely commentary, uh, especially in horror. I mean, that's like why I want to do horror films so that we can comment on messed up things in society. Like, I love that. I don't feel like the Banana Splits movie is saying anything. And I'm not saying that movies have to say something, but I don't even think that the people making it had a point of view. Period. They just were like, oh, we've got this IP. Let's let's have those Hanna-Barbera characters kill a bunch of people. The end. Like, that's not a that's not a story. That's just. Please watch Chopping Mall and get back to me because like my memory of it's like. Just as simple as 80s kids trapped in a mall fighting robots on the loose. Like But even you know, that speaks <laughs> but but even that speaks to the culture of the 80s. Like mall culture in the 80s was fucking huge. And it was considered a thing, right? Like the older generation was like, fuck all these kids just hanging out in the mall. What are they doing? Well, like, that's what I'm right, that's what I'm getting there. at. It's yeah. like inherently in the premise more. Yeah. So is it that the Banana Splits TV show, like what if this movie was set back in 1968 would have clicked better somehow? Or would it be, if it was for up, if this was upfront, like a story about the show that's been trying to get, is this weird errant show that somehow hasn't gotten canceled because it's cheap and has this niche audience is finally getting canceled. And the story of that, like more upfront than kind of a wishy-washy approach to that. Like, yeah, it, it's, this seems high concept enough that it should hold something right. <laughs> just inherently by doing the premise. But I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, the yeah, I think the thing that is missing from this movie that maybe would have put it into that realm is that cult fandom thing that that exists in 2019 cosplay exists comic-con exists the the it's a humongous uh um group of people that that are into that it's no longer a a like sub genre uh or or what am i trying to say what's the it's 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 no longer like a people hiding in their basement and shunned because they're into this thing. Like it is mainstream. But this is a, like a clearly, clearly like a kid's kid show. It's not like, you know, nowadays, like they brought back, you know, Animaniacs, but it, you could tell though, it's written for adults, you know, like at this, like this is, this doesn't seem like that same kind of fandom as, you know, other things where it's just kind yeah. of, you get why it has an older audiences, but there's something really particular to that. This is like, just for kids yeah man i don't know i think maybe that (laughs) you can't you can't put the square peg in the round hole with this particular ip if you will Mm -hmm. that just may be the case and they they swung and that's noble or Um, if it was maybe if it even like you know like those other movies i mentioned um like this, if it had more clearly been about a little boy who's just on the cusp of being at the age of outgrowing this sort of thing, having these these robots turn on him, you know, 
having these characters turn on him. But Wits never, as you, as you, you know, describe, it never feels like it's about this boy right. going through a thing. It's like we're always weirdly floating outside of all the characters. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you can do it. You can, if you frame this movie as a coming-of-age movie and it's a metaphor for us holding on to the nostalgia of an analog world in a wildly, you know, the elbow of the curve of technology is we've crossed it, right? Like now everything's just exponential. And if you see these analog beings trying to remain relevant in the eyes of the audience, and as a result, they, you know, they go haywire and they start killing they start killing people who represent the technological advances in in our society and the and the kid who is having to the conflict of wanting to hold on to his own personal analog world just really be meaning innocence and youth and having to go through that experience and see the worst of his heroes in the face of technological progress there's something there, but that's not this movie. <laughs> I know here you put it that way. It's just like so far from that. Um, but great. like, look, the, you know, the never ending story is that is that construct and it's universal. If you give up on your imagination, you grow into a, a just a shitty old person and then there's nothing uh, worthwhile you lose you lose your connection with with imagination and that kills the world of imagination you could do that with this movie you could do that basic idea and like coming to terms with getting older as an adolescent kid is a scary time and letting go of your things that are child childlike or considered too young for you We've learned in today's society that there is a place for holding on to those things and becoming an adult, that those two things are not mutually exclusive, and we can do that. But that's that's the catharsis of that type of story in this context. If you, you have one group of people, the adults, saying – you got to grow up and stop hanging on to this kid stuff. It's stupid and you, you're too old for it. And you have the fandom group who's at the actual show being like, no, man, this is cool. But they have their own ego-driven technological you know, problems that they are um, subject to and that's what's getting them killed. Then the kid in the middle of that has to learn how to synthesize those two things into something worthwhile. That's a story. Yeah. I wonder if they just, yeah, this all these hiccups, they just didn't work around. Like, why Why are these the influencer young 20s older fans? Like, what? They, they like this. How do they even like it unironically when it's so mm-hmm. clearly like a kid show? Like, right. the, the peel is never actually delved into. Like, is it, do they think it's funny? Do they just love the, characters it's just right. so wishy-washy i hate it yeah. i hate it yeah really Sorry, really not what didn't work yeah nothing's defined enough for us to hang our hat on something and then have the characters get somewhere that's worthwhile mm-hmm. anyway just uh watch 
when you when you watch Chopping Mall. I don't know. That was just <laughs> I get. Oh, oh no, yeah. it was because that was mentioned as a reference. Um, let's pick it apart. Yeah, I've been meaning to watch it since I watched that um, the documentary on eighties horror. Yeah, it came up, and I was like, God, you know, I used to see that box in Video Barn, and I never rented it. <laughs> there is a uh, on Shutter. There's the Joe Bob version of it. That's oh really? Fun to, yeah, it's really we'll fun to watch that I'll version watch that. of it. Nice. Um, well, in that spirit, should we put a bow on the banana banana splits movie and move yeah. on to our recommendations? Yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, <Right>. I've uh, <laughs> been watching a lot of about <laughs> something that's totally different from a banana splits movie. Been watching, as always, fair amount of movies as I do. But I was feeling compelled to revisit a movie I did not like when I first saw it, but had stuck with me nonetheless, which was, I guess it came out about a year ago. I went and saw the Irishman, Irishman, the Irishman <laughs> superhero. I went down to the corner and talked to with an, to, talked with an Irish man. I did. I, I saw in theaters, I was just kind of like, this is long and I'm kind of bored, but like the ending, like the last chunk, I really loved. And then, I don't know, I've just been feeling compelled. Something about it feels like a November, December movie. I felt like, and I've been thinking of um, Scorsese. Wanted to, I don't know, revisit some of his films. I'm like, I want to watch that again. As despite even knowing how long it is, I'm like, I really want to watch The Irishman again. Because of everything that it was about that I got out of at the ending, like, yeah, as I said, really stuck with me. But now that I had some kind of takeaway from it about like what it's sort of about to me, when I when I revisited it, like from the get go, like it was just doing so much more because I kind of had you know my own understanding or had thought about it, and I'm just like this movie, this really does feel worthy of being like a late Scorsese masterpiece. Like mm. I think it is is so good, like what it's about and how how it's not just like these other you know '80s '90s movies he's made about gangsters were more than anything you feel like it's a it's a it's a it's a modern perspective on people like that and therefore even gets into a meta level on what his own films about those people meant at the time and what they mean now it's 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 great it's great interesting encourage you to watch it and it's um I think it's got a lot to do with our times too as far as Mm. I've brought it up with you and suggested it to you as far as like older generations and younger ones too, but it's emblematic of older generations holding on to an old way of doing things that maybe, you know, that is not sustainable or is we know is not right. You know, using the extreme case here of mob people justifying murder, you know, as if it's a given. Right. Um, But yeah, in general, it gets into really, really interesting ideas of how of like a, reflecting on your on on one's life and maybe if you did things a wrong way that you justified at the time and history has proven you to be wrong like what's how do you how do you cope with that do you cope with that anyway check it out it's great cool on netflix everyone (laughs) yeah right (laughs) um man you know i haven't been watching much because i've been i was on a road trip and hey you can recommend uh always recommend ed Things you've seen, sites oh, you've visited. Well, let me tell you. 
if you want to see something that is insane and like just totally out of this world it's like you walk into a onto a totally different planet you got to go to white sands new mexico and the white sands national park it's it is nuts like it's just this so it's it's made out of gypsum gypsum which is a i guess a mineral i think that's right gypsum whatever yeah it's a mineral and it's the largest i think it's the largest deposit of of gypsum uh and it's you know it's like sand it's granular it's huge too it's a ridiculously large area and it's just these dunes you know they're very white like as you might imagine it's called white sands and it's 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 really eerie. You're surrounded by mountains on on all sides, and then you're just in the middle of this weird sand dune, gypsum dune like landscape. You can't see anything else. Like it's freaky. Um, I'll throw a picture up on the Instagram. It, it's so crazy. If you can go there, definitely go there. It's also good currently because, um, in terms of covid restrictions you you really still can just go and you're never near anybody because it's just so huge it's a desert (laughs) right right now i will say what's really freaky about it is that like people get lost out there because there's no real point of reference it's just dunes and once you get in a like away from where you parked a little bit it's very easy to get disoriented People have gotten lost out there. People have died out there. Like, you have to be careful, obviously, and, like, follow the rules and not be an idiot. But it's it's pretty remarkable and well, well worth going to at least once in your life for sure. So I'd, I'd recommend Dead that. White we Sands, New cool Mexico. We took some cool pictures. Yeah, White Sands, New Mexico. Great. National Park. We got the Irishman and a, a gypsum deposit are your recommendations. <laughs> right. Cool. I would love to go. I've never been to New Mexico. Oh, so cool. It sounds great. Cool. Well, Tim, you know what I was so excited about for this week's episode, as always, is figuring out what we're going to watch next week from our hat poll. Well, you're in luck because I have the hat right here. Great. I believe it is my turn to tell you when I'm almost to... certain you're right. Can you see that? Bone Tomahawk from 2015. Hell yeah. Kurt Russell. (laughs) Have you seen it? I have seen it. It's very fun. Great. Well, that should be a good change of pace right this week. (laughs) Yeah, I'm actually, yeah, this is a cool one to hear your thoughts on. I'm excited to form thoughts on it. Soon Mm -hmm. enough, Tim. Soon enough. Sweet. Well, until Bone Tomahawk, you can find us wherever you find found us or on our Instagram, on our Twitter. We'd love it if you uh, had a submission for us, much like Zach Brown did. Thank you again, Zach. Uh, God damn you, hope, Zach. Hope you got something out of this. <laughs> we certainly did. We're here for you, no matter what it may be. But hey, if you make another submission, just... Um, Always be curious where you're coming from. (laughs) (laughs) 
we'll have you on at some point too down the line and maybe yeah, definitely. for a better film <laughs> i'm always or, curious like i want to know what zach likes about it you know like i want to hear that point of view because i you know it's super valid to get another you know another point well of as i said things. he said I, I all I remember him saying about it was there's something very like he said it's very sci-fi channel whatever but he liked the gore effects mm, so yeah yeah hey that's <laughs> as I said I I really tried to put the framework of or that the context of where I'm at currently mm-hmm. in why that in itself just isn't enough for little old me sitting here by myself putting on a movie anymore <laughs> right <laughs> but um. Anyway, uh, I think that's it. So Flegel, Bingo, Drooper, Snorky, and you listening, we do mean it. Thank you so much for being here. (laughs) And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.